as much diversity as possible. Fra. Fra. <laughs> True professional. <laughs> oh, were you recording on the? I was not recording until ten seconds ago. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Beat, where we follow how College Beat TV's shows get from concept to release. I'm your host, Jess Cohn. This episode is about the second episode of Beach Access, which features the segments on Beach Streets, Chantel Dooley's Senior Night, The Strive Campaign, and Eugenio Derbez's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. If you haven't seen it, check it out right now on youtube.com slash collegebeattv. There'll be a link. So before anything else, the basics. What is Beach Access? We are fitting to hit the streets. Beach streets, that is. I love the, the activation of the community. This is, this is what we're all about. The women's basketball team said farewell to Chantel Dooley at senior night. Name one thing that Chantel Dooley brought to the team. Her passion and her heart. Strength, support, success. This is what the campaign Strive stands for. Mayor Garcia and Councilwoman Susie Price signed a proclamation that on March 5th in the city of Long Beach is considered Student Veterans Day. We are here to see actor and director Eugenio Derbez receive his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We are so proud of him. Until next time, I'm Brandon Dixon. I am Denny Cristalis. I'm Christine Schneider. I'm Ballas Cahill with College Beat Television. And you are watching Beach Access. Beach Access is a news slash entertainment slash sports show, um, kind of like a variety news show at College Beat TV. That's Erica. Hi, I'm Erica Kiros. I am the executive producer of Beach Access. Before she was the executive producer of Beach Access, she was a student assistant at the College Beat office, host of Late Night Long Beach, and volunteered for various shows, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. She kind of created Beach Access. Beach Access kind of was like a revamp of an old show college we used to have called Long Beach Local, um, where they used to do a lot of segments about, you know, events on campus and also like in the Long Beach area. But I, when I took on the role um, of executive producer, as an executive producer, I kind of wanted to revamp it to where we could kind of make it more of like a combo show and also like go outside of Long Beach. So um, ever since then, we've kind of been going around like, LA sometimes, Hollywood as well, and including Long Beach and campus events. For this episode, the second combo show of three this season, four segments were produced and presented by the anchors. For the first time, we also had a dedicated sports anchor and a segment for that. The sports aspect, it's kind of funny because I personally don't even like sports, which is kind of ironic, but I know that a lot of people do kind of want a sports broadcast career in the future, so I kind of wanted to just open up that avenue for everyone in case they wanted it. So it kind of just came out of the... It, it was kind of like an idea, and then we started working with K-Beach Radio and with Jay Holloway, who's been a really big help. So shout-outs to Jay at K-Beach. Beach Access is produced in segments that get published either as features or as part of the combo show. That means Beach Access is constantly in production. Every segment has its own producer and crew, as well as multiple editors, and we'll meet them in due time. Pre-production on Beach Access is mostly about writing and getting permission. Erica takes care of contacting event people and arranging press stuff, and her interns Bree and Sabrina usually research and write the scripts. There's an intro, um, and then we have questions for probably attendees for the event. Um, maybe people who work for the event, just questions prepared for any possible person that we might meet, and then we have an outro. So the intro is kind of just 
a couple little facts, attention getter, um, and then kind of like the tease, like, okay, let's go like meet this person or let's go talk to these people or let's just go enjoy the event. A huge part of the writing process is researching the event and knowing what's going to go down. With researching, generally you just go straight to their main website that they have. However, sometimes you kind of just got to get creative, like go on Facebook pages, social media, try to find out like more information about maybe the event or the people that are probably going to be headlining the event. The research all serves to allow the crew and reporter to be as prepared as they can be. Even then, it can be hard to know exactly what the event will be like beforehand. It's just very like hard to plan for sometimes because it's just so like all the events are so different and sometimes they're on campus sometimes they're in Hollywood like we've done some on the beach before um just I guess it's just you kind of have to be very like versatile in the way that you could like imagine how the segment's gonna go and it tends to like go even differently than you expected it to but it's kind of a good thing like then the actual like projection the actual crew can like have it like more of a creative like hand in the process as well in the final product. Even the scripts themselves, like the only things really said word for word are the intro and the outro because like the reporter just might come up with a question on the spot. That was Bree, one of Beach Access's interns. And she brings up an important point. The interviews really rely on the reporter's ability to think on their feet. A lot of times the best parts of segments are the improv parts. Um, for example, in the last uh, Beach Access show we had, there was a moment where our reporter for the Long Beach Comic Expo kind of like slipped up because he was a little starstruck from interviewing this one woman um, that he was a fan of. And it ended up getting like 3,000 views. views. So it was just like crazy how like certain moments that you just have no like planning for, no pre-production was involved at all, just kind of happens. The other one of Erica's interns is Sabrina. I'm a, an intern for the semester. What we kind of do is... We go on shoots, and then we edit, and then we edit, and then we edit some more, and then we edit, and then there's like something new to edit. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the going on shoots part of that. Every segment on this episode had different people on their crews. We're going to go through the segments in order of air, so starting with Beach Streets. I sat down with half of the four-person team, so without reporter Jenny Cristales and sound operator Nicole Swain. Uh, my name is Sarah Emmons, and I was the producer. I'm Madame Pacheco, and I'm the cameraman. And I'm sure about that this time around, because you're recording this for the second time. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Yeah, I also started the interview without recording. It was very unfortunate. I put it at the top of the episode, that's what that was. Anyway, what is Beach Streets? Beach Streets is a um, local event in Long Beach where the community gets together and they all decide to go biking or boarding or skating or whatever. They close off, close off a very large section of Long Beach, the streets of Long Beach, why it's called Beach Streets. And yeah, everyone just bikes and boards together and the community gets together and there's vendors and it's really cool. It's a good time and there's bands, cool doggos. 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 They then expanded on the subject of doggos. I saw the, I just saw the cut, and there's a couple in there. The, there's that stroller that was full of like five pugs. pugs. Yeah, I'm sorry, I peeked on you. The pugs, it made it in. Yeah, it made it in. Ah, uh, yeah. There's some good doggo. Dude, there's that some was. Good doggo in there. You, you like, you, when you pointed that out, you were like speechless. Like, and I was just like, what, what, what? And then I saw. Doggos also made it into the interviews. We interviewed one chick because she just had, she was holding a dog that was cute. I was going to say that. That That's was the, the only reason, reason we interviewed her is because she like, had a dog. We like walked by and we're like, oh, that dog is really cute. And then 
I think I think it was Adam was just like, Let, let's just go interview for the dog. And I was, do like, it. I was like, executive decision, we're doing this. And then we did it. Not all the interviews went great, though. Like, we had to find, like, quiet spots between all the, like, music and nonsense. And we found, like, that good quiet spot. And we find, we, yeah, we stood in a corner for, like, an hour. Yeah. Like, a bunch of them. Um, because we found a quiet street, you know. yeah. Prostitutes. Put that in. Put that in. Put that in. Sound was actually a big deal, since the busiest areas included live musicians or people just blasting music out of speakers. The intro, the intro took, like, it didn't, the intro didn't take a lot of takes, but we, like, had five different locations. We literally went in a circle trying to figure out where the where to film it, remember? Yeah. We, we filmed it, like, the first place we said we would film it. The first place, the lighting was bad, the second place, the sound was bad, and then the rest of the place, the sound was bad, too. For the intros, Beach Access has been exploring putting the reporter in shots that show them interacting with the event. For this one, they were maybe thinking of having Jenny ride a bicycle around. Yeah, because Erica had, like, mentioned it to us, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be a cute idea. We should do that. And then, like, we were in the car, and I asked him, and he's like, I can't ride a bike. No, it wasn't even in the car. It's just, like, the first thing he told us. He's like, hey, guys, I can't ride a bike. It's <laughs> like, okay. Denny is really good, though he had some difficult interviewees to work with. Since the crew moved out of the dense and loud area, they had to scrounge for people willing to stop for them. Uh, I like to let the host, like, try to pick who they want to interview but it got kind of to the point where we were just like anyone who would walk by we just kind of asked Wait, well girl? we were trying to do the very first interview we were trying to do the intro oh, that was so she she didn't even know what the event was yeah. she was just like oh interview me that was the first thing we filmed so that, that wasn't interview. that wasn't a great like well okay we had already had a bunch of bad starts but yeah there was it was like a really slow start and the end was really good we got a lot of good stuff yeah it picked up at the end the start was slow for a few other reasons for instance the camera didn't work we got a T3i, right? We took it to the shoot. We tried setting it up. Would not. It was. It wouldn't turn on, right? It would not work. The yeah. you could hear the shutter when you turned on the switch, but the camera would not yeah. turn itself on. It wouldn't function. Yeah. And we like we tried everything. Like we tried everything that made sense. We changed all the batteries, and then we just started pushing every button. We put the lens on and off like five times. Nothing would work so we had to call Erica and but Erica was busy with something and so and that so was the Gavin James shoot right yeah that day there were not just two but three college beach shoots this one a beach access in LA and the Gavin James exclusive which was being hosted by Erica despite an hour's delay the crew endured and we ended up yeah, it's, yeah, it set us back, I think, an hour? Yeah, we, what we ended up having to do was Adam had his camera, and because he was camera operator, it made the most sense to just grab his. Um, so we had to come back to campus and grab his camera. With Adam operating camera, Nicole operating sound, and Denny doing the interviews, Sarah had to tack lighting onto her list of responsibilities, which already included producing and handing out paperwork. I had to slate it and, like, <laughs> throw everything down and then, like, silk Hold everything. Yeah, and then... The interviews, like, a lot of them were, like, really long. So you were holding up the silk for, like, seven minutes straight. Yeah. That was fun. And, and he had to hold the monopod steady, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't take a, I didn't yeah. take a tripod. I took a monopod. I forgot. Oh, my crap. I forgot. Yeah, I, I watched it, and I was like, oh, yeah, you can see. It's wobbly. Just a little. Like, it's not bad. My reasoning, because, like, I don't have super steady hands to begin with. My reasoning, instead of taking the tripod, is that we're going to be, like, moving around a yeah. lot. And I the thought it would make I th heavy. Yeah, I thought it would make more sense. But I don't know. Yeah, it was probably the best, though, for that day, because we ran around so much. The crew didn't necessarily plan well for a four-hour shoot running around in the sun. We didn't eat the entire time. Yeah. So we weren't, well, like... wasn't it, like, 
I ate before I came, but you didn't, right? No. Yeah, no. because you're stupid. I, no, because I woke up late. Because I'm an idiot. Because I'm food. stupid. You need yeah. food. Yeah, that yeah. was not... It was hot, and there was, like, a lot of moving around, and we all had to carry stuff, and, like... I, I didn't, like, personally, I didn't start feeling miserable until we, like, we got back in the car, and then I realized how tired I was. Yeah, that happens. I think it's the adrenaline. So, yeah, we got back into the car, and we were all, like... We realized how, like, tired and hungry we were, so we got back and, like, did the equipment, and then we went out and got pizza. Ultimately, it was fine. For how the shoot went at the beginning, we did a really good job. Like, we all, we all... Like, at it the was, beginning? It was, yeah, it was the stuff we couldn't control, like, the people giving us crap interviews, the camera not working. Oh, you mean like, all things considered? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Like, yeah. not, not, you did a terrible job at the beginning. No. You specifically I, did a I, terrible job. I ruined everything. It's no. all my fault. No, yeah, I think it turned out really good, we got a lot of yeah. good stuff. There was only one real challenge the group faced. I mean, we all got sunburned. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. But that's my own fault. Like, I don't wear sunscreen or a hat. And I, I'm white enough that that's an issue. Yeah, I wore a hat and sunscreen and long sleeves. Long and I sleeves. still got burned. My arms still got burned. I don't know how. I was wearing sunburned. two layers. Sunburned through the shirt. Sunburned through the shirt and jacket. I don't know what happened. The next aired segment was a sports segment about Chantel Dooley's senior night. Not present from the crew was reporter Brennan Dixon. Hello, my name is Sarah Spritu, and I operated the camera for this particular shoot. Hi, my name is Israel Rivera, and I was sound. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Can I talk? <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, my name is Quinn, and I was the producer for the shoot. One name. <laughs> She's beyond. Oh, okay. <laughs> My name is Quinn Ong, and I was the producer for the shoot. When I sat down with them, I didn't even know what had happened at the event. They, they played, played basketball. <laughs> so it was actually a basketball game against UC Davis, and uh, Chantel didn't participate she, she in the play. game. She yeah. got to play in the very beginning, and then but she yeah they took her out so that she could watch the game. She sat on the side and had her little crown. Yeah, after the game was over, her family came out and... Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. They gave her an award, I think. And for being cool awesome. Event. Did we win? I, yeah, I believe we, did. we won. We did. Cool. <laughs> if you've watched Beach Access, you might know Sarah as a reporter. She did selection in the first episode of Beach Access. On this shoot, she stepped outside of that and operated the camera. I told Erica I would be um, good for anything. She said she already had a reporter, which is something that, like, I like signed up for initially but I said you know what let me learn another position because you'll never know when you're gonna have to do something else somebody might not be able to make it and you have to fill in at a moment's notice so it's good to gain that experience and it's not that I haven't worked with a camera before it's just like more nerve-wracking when you realize I have to produce something really cool or you know try to get good shots so you did a good job Thanks. ran around the whole court. I did. Crazy. She had to run around because of the light in the pyramid. The way the pyramid is, it's, you know, the light is kind of coming from all directions, but not, there wasn't anywhere that was, like, perfect. Yeah, it was, like, too much light, but not enough light. <laughs> all, the, all the light was basically centered on the court, and <laughs> we couldn't just go down into the court to the get good court. light. <laughs> the entire crew came together a little last minute. I didn't find out that I was producer till like, the night of so it was like crazy but you know you have an awesome crew and Erica was great she was very encouraging so producing is a tricky job it was just mainly um 
trying to figure out like what shots we need and like just making these decisions on like where we should do um like how it should flow because it was really hard to um like get interviews with the coaches in Chantal because you know they were watching the game we thought we were gonna get um interviews during like halftime or something but you know it's during the game and it's like stakes are high and people are like they're gonna head somewhere they're gonna head in the back with and then you know talk to the team and members and everything eventually they did get the interviews with Chantel and the coach they had to fight for it but luckily it paid off what's nice is that even the coach like when we interviewed her she already she's been interviewed before she knows what she needs to say not that it's like pre-rehearsed but she she was very good at being able to answer our questions on the spot yeah she, she so. already knows what to expect type of thing yeah Unlike Beach Streets, who were searching for general attendees to interview, this segment knew they had specific voices that would definitely work well. They weren't without challenges, though, mostly in regards to B-roll. I think it was like um, getting the shots of the basketball, and um, it was hard to navigate because, um, you know, the court's blocked off, so we had limited space to, like, run around. And, like, she managed to get footage of, like, cheerleaders on one side and then, like, the teammates' reaction on the other side and then like shots of the basketball getting in. We wanted to get the buzzer, but at the same time, we also wanted to get the reaction of the team when they won. So I think that was, see, now I remember they won. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's like the one thing is, that's the kind of decision that Quinn had to make was, okay, what are we, what's more important? This small crew came together well, especially under their time and access constraints. Speaking of which, it was we kind of crazy. didn't get in to the event. Okay, we we did. But so <laughs> when we you forgot. No, no, I was you, all like, I don't have my, I don't have my ID. <laughs> and we're like, oh my gosh, just sneak her in and just be like, but she's a student here. She's our producer, I swear. But but then like the machine, you did you have it? I did have I think my ID. Like, I, I think kidding. the like, hard swipe machine also that they used um, for your ID was being glitchy or something, so they just let us the guy in. was just like, you can go in. <laughs> well, they saw we had our equipment, so I think they're kind of like, they're official. Yeah. <laughs> they must be doing something. Lastly, I thought Sarah's perspective as someone who moved behind the camera after being in front was really interesting. Not that I'm, like, conceited about it, but it just it's humbling because you realize how much work the rest of the crew and how everyone else has to put in the same amount of work that you do no matter what role you're in. So when you get to trade it up, you, you kind of learn that. Next was a segment about the Strive campaign. Not present for this interview was reporter Christine Schneider. My name is Claudia Vialta, and I was the producer slash camera person slash script supervisor for the Strive segment. And I was on that shoot. I was the sound recordist, camera assistant, and pack mule. We were two people. This is how our crew setup was. I was a producer, so I had to make every make sure every all the shots that we wanted got done. And I was also the camera person, so I had to make sure I actually pressed the like press start recording and I was the slate person so I had to fill out the slate with the person's name and the take and everything and then like clap it and then Jess was over there with the camera bag over their shoulder with the slate and all the binders and the the, the clipboards like hanging like at like a desk off of their hip it was the weirdest thing and then you were also holding the the bounce board and the audio so you had the headphones and the audio and it was we look like a circus act. Yeah. Claudia has produced a few segments, usually with a crew of people she hasn't worked with before. For this shoot, it was just with me. For the amount of stuff she had to do, she was glad to work with a friend. I could just 
give you crap about whatever you're doing. Like, you're doing this wrong. Or, like, you could straight up tell me, like, you should do this. But when you're working with a new crew, it's kind of, it's different the way you approach people. The event was on campus, and all we knew was that it was about student veterans. We didn't know what Stry was when we walked in. We didn't. We looked a little bit dumb. We, next time we'll do our more research. Yeah, it was um, it was like a small booth on campus with an ROTC booth across from it that was like kind of related. Yeah. And we ended up talking to a lot of ROTC people about ROTC. And then halfway through, Jess was like, um, I think we should talk to more Strive people. And I was like, what? They're, those are not Strive people? No, those are ROTC people. Yeah, we just didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> Once we talked to some of the Strive committee members, we learned what it was, a month-long campaign with various events to raise awareness for student veterans. It was the last day of the campaign, and it was their big final event to pledge support for student veterans. They had, like, a flag set up, and you you signed your name on it. We all signed our names. Yes. We got B-roll of that. Yeah. B-roll. Mm-hmm. What does B-roll stand for? It's, like, instead of A-roll. Oh. Oh. For B-roll, we had similar issues as the other crews with prioritizing coverage. Oh, people kept having, like, push-up and pull-up competitions, and you kept, like, near-missing them. Yes! I got so angry. Cause exciting stuff was happening while we were while we were interviewing other people, and it was pretty disappointing. Other than the ROTC table and the big flag, there was another part of the event that didn't make it into the segment. There was, like, a girl, like like for the campaign that was just like yelling like hey sign this thing and we'll give oh, you a pizza yeah. like constantly and then at the end they had pizza left over that never happens pizza is usually all gone they actually like we had been there all the time like the entire time and one of the strive people were like hey we have like more pizzas coming so if you guys just want to <laughs> take like a bunch of pizzas you can do that and that's how i ate lunch that day yeah shooting went pretty smoothly our main problem was writing on the slate and then having to erase it with our fingers. I remember you oh, got yeah. you got so mad because there was a tissue in the audio bag the whole time. Yeah. You're like, there was a tissue the whole time to erase the slate. Yeah, like, I was like just using fingers my fingers were, just... were green. We felt bad scrambling to get things ready as quickly as possible while our interviewees stood in the sun. Good thing we had a good reporter that kept them entertained because if yeah. they were just standing there, they would have been pretty, um, what's she the was... word? Like, not frustrated, but just like anxious. While we were setting up, Christine was able to chat with the people she was about to interview about how they experienced the military. She could relate it to her family's military background. It was a shame it didn't apply to the segment because she was really good. Overall, I thought the segment came out well. It was a fast-paced shoot on a hot day, but we were up to the challenge. It was fun. At the end of the day, I was like, that was fun. The last segment was about Eugenio Derbez getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I got to sit down with the entire crew. Alice Cahill, reporter. Natalie Valderas, camera op two. Brielle Biscocho, segment producer, camera op one. Katie Sorrells, sound op. The subject of the segment is kind of all in the name. What might have been more surprising is the intensity of the event. It was crazy. Like, uh, when we were, dry- we, when we were uh, on Hollywood Boulevard looking for a place to park, we already saw, like, the lines for the crowd to uh, see Eugenio, like, wrap around both sides of the block. And we were just, like, amazed about, like, how many people came, considering it was a weekday in the morning. Eugenio Derbez is probably way more famous than most people who don't watch Mexican TV think. He's certainly way more famous than I thought. What we learned through one of the interviews is that um, he actually hasn't been doing a lot of U.S. movies for that many years. So the fact that he's getting his star this early was just really um, spectacular. The crowd was giant, and so was the morning traffic. There were, like, four different accidents on the way up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. 
we probably spent like as much time driving as we did actually on the scene. So that was fun. Listen yeah. to a lot of music. Yeah. Once they got there, they didn't have a lot of trouble getting people willing to talk about Eugenio. Interviews, however, were a little tricky. Yeah, a lot of people were asking if they could just speak in Spanish. I can't really speak Spanish. I know a few words, but not. I can't really conversate in Spanish, so I didn't really know what they'd said to kind of ask them more questions. So they just said that they wanted to just kind of say something to him and didn't want a, like a full interview. They just wanted to get like their message to him across. Some of their full interviews also got wacky. There was one guy who who was kind of sketchy. He seemed eager to interview, get interviewed. But then there was a guy in a suit standing behind the camera who on cue seemed to hand him a DVD of one of this actor's movies. And so we're pretty sure he used us for like an ad. It was really funny. Like he was like, oh, I think it's his newest movie. And then the guy just like literally reaches across and he's like, this is the movie. And the guy we were interviewing held it up like kind of like a hand model would. And it, it, he knew what to do. He knew how to display that DVD case. <laughs> it felt like he had a script, like, prepared almost, because he just kept speaking. Then I'd maybe ask him, like, uh, like, maybe we were like, okay, we'll ask him one more question. Then he would just go on another, like, speech. This segment's crew had an advantage when it came to B-roll, since they were able to get two cameras. Remember that problem that every other crew had? You, you might miss, like, really good B-roll because you're doing an interview, and it's not like you can just stop in the middle of the interview. Two cameras solves that. It's hard to get two cameras and two camera operators on a shoot, so it's not usual. I felt with the two cameras, it definitely made it a little bit easier because we separated, so while they were getting interviews, I could film some B-roll. So it definitely made it a little bit easier on us, especially with a giant crowd. It was Alice, the reporter's first time reporting. I've done like radio work before on air, but um, never anything like this really. N never anything this like professional or for like an actual event. So it was an interesting experience, a learning experience, I would say. <laughs> Alice is also an exchange student from Scotland. She's super interested in the entertainment industry, and she's only here in the LA area this year. This is like a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity for me. I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to come back here, like or whatever, so I'm leaving in a few weeks, so it was like, this is kind of the only opportunity I'm gonna get to to report somewhere that's so kind of high profile, and somewhere that um, like people back home will have heard of as well. I think it's really cool that we allowed her to have an opportunity that could easily be taken for granted. This entire shoot was a cool learning experience. When, when Alice was speaking, I was like, this was our, uh, for all of us, this was our first time doing something. Like this was Katie's first speech access shoot. This was, uh, Natalie is my first time being camera operator, this is my first time being a segment producer, and this was Alice's first time reporting. So I thought that was really cool. That was a learning experience for all of us. I thought us carrying around film equipment, we were going to get a lot of odd looks, but people were actually like warming up to us more than they would other people because they knew we were there for the event and we cared. I remember for me, I went to the camera workshops the week before because I just wanted to, to make sure I knew what I was doing, but when I got out there, honestly, it was a lot of fun. And I wasn't as, like, I thought I was going to be worried, but I wasn't. I, it was more fun than anything else. Editing on Beach Access is a continuous process. Segments are being shot all the time, so as many as four could be going through editing at once. It seems like there's always someone editing Beach Access. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And it, it's just because it's, even though they're a lot shorter than the other two shows, like, in, like, time link, it's just because there's so many different ones. There's always an editor needed. The crews dump the footage after they get back, and then the editors will get to it. 
what I kind of like to encourage and I think it's important is like try to get all the good interviews all like the good b-roll and just like kind of put it on the timeline um and then like just cut it down and as you like go a lot of people in a lot of different positions edit for beach access it's also part of the intern's responsibilities um my in my interns definitely edit a lot um Bree and Sabrina however there's a lot of editors for beach access um Let's see, Israel edits a lot, um, Quinn comes in a lot, Brooke comes in, um, I know I'm missing a lot of people. Beach access could be seen as a place where people can learn to edit. So many eyes go over it that if you make a mistake, someone will probably catch it. Some people will come in with kind of like little to no experience, and they're just interested in learning. Other people are like just advanced and could edit something like within two hours, like really good. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they're really good. The segments are finalized before we move to the live show, filmed at Long Beach's Padnet Studios. For this episode, though, Padnet was closed because it was Good Friday. Erica had to come up with a solution. I'm still trying to work out whether or not we could possibly use live equipment and try to film it on campus, or if possibly we could still try to film it at Padnet, but we would just have to do it a different day, which would be difficult for crew, um, crew scheduling. Um, so I'm still currently in the process of trying to figure that out. Erica figured it out. Here's her after the shoot. Today we went to the USU, we got a room, and we put up the green screen, <laughs> and that took about an hour, and bye then, y'all. bye y'all. And then we <laughs> lit the green screen. It was very screen. lit. It was lit. It was lit in there because it took like a lot of lights to lit it up. To lit it up? <laughs> lit it up. We'll get back to the crew later. First, let's talk to the anchors. Uh, my name is Alec Velasquez. Uh, I am a first-year freshman, and I am currently a computer science major. My name is Taylor Jeffrey. I am a junior here, and I am a business major. Hello, my name is Keisha Coffey. I am a second year, and I am a communications major. None of the anchors have TV broadcast experience, though they've all worked in other performance or public speaking roles. That day was Keisha's first day on a beach access set. Alex's first beach access was at the Long Beach Comic Expo, and Taylor's was at the first live show, filmed at Padnet Studios. I was talking to some people at Padnet, you can like use your equipment to film in just like the city of Long Beach, which is kind of cool. So now I know if I ever want to like host my own show, Padnet's <laughs> the place to go. Shout out to Padnet TV. Alec and Taylor told me about their first time shooting live there. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a story. Um, <laughs> Well, the beginning, right, I think it was like, what, like 15 seconds before we went live? Right. Um, Erica comes, uh, like, o over the, the telecom, she goes, um, so the teleprompter's not working. <laughs> we didn't have our lines. We, yeah, we, and we didn't, yeah, so we, we, we didn't have most of our lines memorized. Yeah. So uh, it was a pretty brutal start to, a first, for the, to the first episode of the, fir of the second season. So filming live is, like, interesting. It yeah, was interesting. Definitely interesting, yeah. <laughs> For this second episode, they pre-recorded it, allowing them multiple takes to get their delivery right. Life is hard. It's intense, and it makes you more nervous than you have to be. You're already nervous because there's lights and there's people looking at you, but then when it's live, it's like, okay, we get one shot and that's it. Yeah. So live just makes the whole atmosphere, including the cameramen. I feel like we're not the only nervous ones. Yeah. The cameramen are nervous, Erica's nervous. Live is a whole different atmosphere. Yeah. Again, it was Keisha's first TV taping, but she's broadcasted Sports Live for K-Beach before. Well, like, recently I've done live ones. Actually, the last game I actually done was a volleyball game, and it was live, and it wasn't for K-Beach. It was for the actually, like, the school. Oh, wow. And I said CSULB, 
And in sports, we're not CSULB, we're Long Beach State. So I, oh, I like messed up on live air and I was like, oh my God, hopefully nobody catches this. Yeah, live. But then, so live is like you mess up and you have to catch it. And <laughs> while you're freaking out, you have to get yourself together. But like yeah. today, how it was like pre-recorded and we were able to mess up and things like that, it was more, it was more like flexibility, easier yeah. to work with. Yeah. For our taping, she did really well. She hosted the sports segment by herself without a co-host. I'm like, okay, all eyes on me. But then I ended up getting used to it, and then I hate how my voice sounds on recording. So I just kept hearing myself talking in this room and echoing, and I was freaking out. But Erica said I did okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. If the director or the producer says you did okay, then you're like, okay. Yeah, I know I did okay. <laughs> then they yeah. like it. All right. Erica definitely thought they did a good job. Okay, so the shoot was good. Um, overall, um, it went rather swimmingly, and... I'm just really proud of my crew because they all band together and like use like multiple skills and even in the roles that they weren't assigned. Um, it was a little difficult with lighting and the air conditioner was a little loud in there, but I think it'll be fine. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. She mentioned that lighting and sound were hard. I know about the former since I was a lighting assistant. Lighting is hard, especially when you're trying to like make something like one color and it's like not ironed and it's green <laughs> and there's white everywhere else. She's talking about our green screen, something they don't have to deal with around the green painted studio walls at Padnet. We had a lot of ironing, pinning, and lighting to do. I think like it's just a learning experience like every shoot. Just kind of like learn something new every time. Another person who encountered a learning experience was the sound recordist, Adam. I'll embarrass Adam because he's, <laughs> he's chill. Um, Adam is a dedicated crew member and editor on multiple College Beat shows. On set, he started freaking out because he couldn't hear anything from Taylor's lapel mic. Jason, who Adam interns for, and Wilson, an engineer at K-Beach, came in to check it out. Jason and Wilson were like laughing at Adam once they realized like the mute, the mute was on because that's what had happened. It was just a little button on the top of the lavalier mic. Dangus. Um, <laughs> so, like, when they found out, like, it was all good. Luckily, those were the two main challenges faced on that shoot. Other than that, it was laid back, ahead of schedule, and smooth. Now comes time to put the episode together. What are you doing this fine evening? Okay, this fine evening, I'm currently drinking a coffee, and I'm editing Beach Access, the second main show. Um, and it's going to be fun. I'll be here for a while, but it's okay. It's worth it. Erica, who usually does the final cut, had a night of chroma keying backgrounds into the green screen, cutting the anchor footage, and finalizing the segments to put between anchors. And then I put the credits over, and they're long credits because there's so many segments included. And I'm also going to be adding some music to underlay like the anchors talking. These segments were chosen and written for starting in February, covered in March, and it was all released April 8th, 2016. So how do you feel now that it's out? I'm just really happy it's out. It's, it's the second episode. The next one is the last episode for me that I'll be overseeing and then I'm graduating, so, ooh, but it's okay. Um, I'm really proud of this episode. There's, of course, always things that you kind of want to fix, but I'm really keeping those in mind for the last live show that we're doing. What, what kind of, like, mark do you want to leave, like, here, like, with your show, with the college view? I guess I just want to give people and other students like the opportunities that I had and I just whether or not Beach Access does continue or not that's not really what's important to me I just want to be able to give people these like opportunities to go out to different like events that they might have never been able to cover 
basically just get editing experience, all the experience that I've gotten, I just want to be able to give that to other people. So the mark that I really just want to leave is just helping out everyone here at College Beat, like it's helped out me. Erica is a ridiculously kind and talented person. I feel very lucky to have had the chance to work with and around her. She's graduating this semester and she's gonna move on to do great things. College Beat's gonna miss her. I personally think anyone interested in television or film at Cal State Long Beach should come to College Beat because it's like a great, great opportunity. It's literally my second home. It's, it's a family too, which is really nice. Everyone's really fun and like cool and smart and like talented, so. That's what I would say. Thanks to Nicola Lagan, Erica Quiros, and Michael Frique, Daniel Ferries, and Tyler Fernandez for letting me use their audio equipment. Thanks to the Beach Access crew for their voices and hard work, as well as you for listening. The royalty-free music you hear is from bensound.com. You can follow College Beat on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all at College Beat TV, one word. Check back in two weeks, where I'll be following Late Night Long Beach on an episode that'll make a splash.